1: we go kicking off 2022 this is the piffles podcast your premier saskatchewan rough riders fan podcast thanks for joining us this is episode 184 the return of jeffardo i'll tell you why in a couple minutes my name is alex i'm steve and i am finally
0: finally back in regina
1: that's not a hotel room back there
0: no it's maybe very messy office and a, a Tom Brady picture back there. Autograph Tom Brady picture.
1: Loser. Can't yeah. even beat the...
0: Who they lose to? The Rams? Lots uh, of the Saints. <laughs> that was the worst loss this year for them. <laughs>
2: hey, us too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> playoffs? What's playoffs? I what mean, a Denver Broncos fan. Give us a follow on Twitter at Pod. You can give me a follow at RealAlexD. Well, I guess you can follow me at Saphimod.
0: And once again, do not follow me
1: at Greg on Sports. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Piffles Podcast and uh, Piffles Podcast.com. Of course, Piffles, Pod- Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Guys, let's get things started. Time for the opening kickoff.
0: It's funny again to me. <laughs> new year, new you, Greg. Yeah, well, no, say me. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Well, I was promised something different.
1: <laughs> or weren't we all? Good. Well, yeah. we'll start with some good stuff here for the riders. What we've missed over the last couple of weeks, some big time free, potential free agents re-signing with the team. We'll start on offense. And uh the big ones, the receivers, Kyron Moore, Shaq Evans, and Justin mcKinnis all re-upping with the Riders.
0: The one that surprised me actually was Kyron Moore. I thought he would actually get a look uh, down south, at least as a returner this year, but probably coming off that injury, a lot of teams probably uh, decided uh, to give him another year in the CFL to see if he still, still has that speed and that elusiveness. I think that's exactly what it was, because he's
2: got the got the talent to play down there, but you're not going to sign a guy coming off of a, a major knee injury to a futures contract, give him another year up here, see what he does. And, and then we, we look at replacing another receiver next year.
0: But uh, Justin McKinnis, that, that one is a, was a no doubt signing when the minute they gave uh, lennius a chance to go down to play for the uh, Falcons. They, they need to keep that depth up. Yeah. They've got Jana still back there, but at least McInnes is a proven Canadian receiver.
2: And let's, let's not forget another quality Canadian receiver. Jake Hardy signed too. That's a that's it's another depth, good one. It's a
1: good depth player there. Plus, he actually led the team in special teams tackles last year. So you need those types of guys on your team, even if they're not going to put up big stats or anything. They're still you know vital to the team's success. I really like this the Kyron Moore signing coming back even after the injury. Um, he was the best receiver for the team last year until Duke Williams showed up. So. To me, with the uncertainty about Duke Williams, and we can talk about that in a couple minutes. Kyron Moore and Shaq Evans were must signs, and I, I know everyone seemed to go after Shaq Evans after his, uh, you know, his injury and, and not rounding back to form when he came back. One, I think he was actually rushed back from injury. I don't think he was fully ready to go. Two, he played second fiddle. And something wasn't right. The timing with Fajardo wasn't there. Just it just wasn't like 2019 anymore. And you can attribute that to the offensive line. You can attribute that to, you know, not having a training camp, not really practicing with the, you know, the whole season and with all the injuries and whatnot. But with Duke Williams potentially signing somewhere else as a free agent, Shaq Evans goes back to being that number one guy. So he was an absolute must sign and Fortunately, I think for the riders with Shaq Evans having a down year, he probably didn't get paid as much as he he would have liked to heading into this free agent year.
2: And, you know, we're not talking about a guy who's in his mid thirties here. This is a guy who's just cracked 30 years old. He was, he was a great receiver for us three years ago in 2019. Last, last year was an off year. If, if he comes back this year and has a similar start to the season, I think then is the time to start getting worried I was torn on this one when we were talking about players to keep cut and, uh, and uh, look for from other teams. He was the guy I was most, that was, that was at the very top of my cut list. He just didn't perform. But I think over time, I kind of, kind of realized a lot of what Alex said was that he he was coming off that injury. He's still young. Give him
0: another shot. I'm, I'm back to being excited that he's uh, he's in green and white. And I also think though, Shaq, yeah, he unfortunately had a giant target on his back, especially in that uh, keep, cut, or steal, or whatever everyone was playing on Twitter. But you also need to realize everyone forgot about JWL. I think he, he probably he performed less with higher expectations than Shaq did, I think. Everyone thought this was going to be um, his year, and he didn't make the season. So I I get Shaq is a no brainer because if you don't sign Shaq and you don't sign Duke, who are you going to get? Like, yeah, there's some really good receivers on the free agent market, but who do you make a play for? Like they're all up there in age now. Paul
2: McRoberts finally gets his legitimate shot. No, it was the right call. And Paul McRoberts
1: uh, re-signing not too long ago as well. To me, that's a death signing. I don't know what it is. Everyone loves him. Everyone has this, the, the fans because of his Terrence Nunn preseason type success that he had. Everyone seems to love him. But the team clearly doesn't because he's had chance after chance after chance to get into the lineup. and He can't do it. And he got beat out by Ricardo Lewis last year after JWL got hurt. So I don't know what to make Paul, Paul McRoberts coming into this year. He has all the physical tools, the look, the height, the size, everything like that. But just for some reason, this team doesn't love him. So I'm curious to, to watch the receivers this year,
2: especially because I don't think Duke Williams is going to come back. Um, I'd just like to point out, I'm the resident expert here on preseason guys who never get a good look. I, I think the problem is I haven't gotten his jersey yet, so he hasn't been cut, but he still has that potential. So I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out and get you know do his career a favor. Get his jersey. And then there's there's two options for him. He either gets cut or he's an all-star. There is no in-between. Probably the
1: most underrated signing the riders will make all offseason long with a re-signing. Taryn Vaughn, there's your starting left tackle, who uh, they lost to injury at the beginning of the year last year. And re-signing him was vital. And I know we we're, you know, talking about the O-line and all the issues that they had. The one thing about the offensive line, though, is you need continuity. They need time to grow together. These guys didn't have a training camp, which is, to me, it's more important on the offensive line than any other position. Keeping the continuity there, I don't think Jeremy O'Day is going to go make a big splash this year in free agency there. I just don't think he will. And you're going to see the same, except for you know the one other tackle, you're going to see the same four offensive linemen all year long in 2022.
0: All I could think of when Derek Dennis signed in Calgary, all I could think is how good would our line would have been with Vaughn, Dennis, Johnson, Clark, and Ferlin. Like that is the line I wanted. Unfortunately, Bone Crusher signed in Calgary, so we got to find someone else for that other side. But yeah, we definitely needed Vaughn because that was we were sorely ma- missing on that tackles last year. And, and, the other a, and off-
2: again, we're, we're talking about a guy who's 27 years old, not, not some, you know, mid thirties re- or offensive lineman. He's young and getting better.
1: And the other offense offensive player that we'll talk about getting signed here, running back Jamal Morrow, which is a really interesting one to me because William Powell is going to be a free agent. And even though Powell doesn't make a huge number in the salary cap by any means, I think it's time to move on from a moment. It looks like they're going to do that. Maybe save a little bit of money money with Jamal Morrow. And we saw in the West semifinal against Calgary last year, you give Morrow the ball, he'll make things happen.
0: Even for the return game alone, Morrow was a must sign. So um, I hope uh, Powell's back because him and Morrow, I think would be a good change of pace, but yeah, that was a great signing. I like that signing a lot. It it took Morrow a little while to crack the
2: lineup, but once he once he did, he wasn't going anywhere. It, his return game is exceptional. He's a good guy to have. I don't know yet if he's a good starting running back, especially if you want to keep him as a as a returner. You you need somebody else. Then I I really hope they either bring back Powell or have their eyes on somebody else because you you definitely want. Jamal Morrow as your returner, based on, just based on his last few weeks alone.
0: Andrew Harris.
2: Oh man, we all love chaos. Would that not be the greatest chaos signing? I'm here if, for if, it. If he signs here, I will bring that the um, Mr. Drugs are, the drugs are bad. Sign every game. I don't <laughs> even care. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like he's going to be uh,
1: re-signing in Winnipeg with uh, trying to fit him under, as Greg turns his
0: zoom background to Andrew Harris. Uh, Yeah. He's my buddy, Andrew. I cannot wait for my buddy, Andrew to come. Kyle
1: Walters said that it's going to be tough to get him under the cap with, uh, with what they've done so far. So be really interesting to see where he ends up. Cause I don't really think that there's a big need for a guy as I mean, as good as he is when he's healthy, now the health concerns are there for him. Plus, he's at the tail end of his career. He went home to Winnipeg to to finish his career. So I
0: don't think this is it for him,
1: but I don't think there's very many suitors for a guy like him anymore.
0: Quite honestly, if Andrew Harris doesn't retire this year, if Winnipeg doesn't sign him, which could be very well be a graceful way to walk away, I guess. Go out on top, back-to-back, great cup champions. did it for your hometown, walk away. It'd be great. But they've got Oliviera. Uh, they haven't made a decision on Augustine yet. They got Borsa there yeah. as well. Like they don't need Andrew. Harris. They really don't need Andrew Harris.
1: Nope. the other guys proved without offensive line, the other guys can handle handle the
2: ball. So don't you could don't throw seem one of there. us. You could throw one of us back there, and we'd we'd fall forwards for three yards a carry minimum.
0: Says the guy who's scared to race Simone Lawrence.
2: Hey, one day he'll stop ducking me and he'll actually race me.
1: <laughs> Let's flip it over to the defense here A couple signings Safety Mike Edom uh, Starting Canadian To me that's an absolute no-brainer
0: Love and that
1: signing. He's, he's a great player And the only reason why he missed last year Or the end of last year Is because he broke his wrist So uh, great to have him back And A.C. Leonard Re-signing as well The Riders' best defensive player last year led the league in sacks despite being suspended for three games. So that's, I mean, <laughs> to do what he did in that limited amount of time was an unbelievable feat for him. And honestly should have been one of the, nom- the team nominee for best defensive player, regardless of the, uh, the suspensions that he had.
0: I really want someone from the uh, Saskatchewan media to ask him why he's so pissy. <laughs> Who would it be? Who would it be? Uh that one Mitchell Blair ja- Jamie Nye we're we're talking about current to Saskatchewan media there.
1: I'd have to think about that. I don't know who it would be. So other uh other Rider news, um Jason Moss, Jason Shivers signing signing extensions through 2023. We just got that news on Thursday, so sorry Rider Nation, two more years of Jason Moss. There's not a lot of fans of his here in Saskatchewan after after last year, he thought everybody thought that was going to be the turnaround and make things better. And then the offense was way worse than it was with Steven McAdoo.
0: I'm, but- a little, I'm a little disappointed after McAdoo, everyone was like, Maca, don't. I think we want no Moss. Uh, like that we should go with no Moss. Like let, let, let's bring some Spanish in this. I don't know. I, I think Moss got a bad rap, but hopefully him and Cody get on the same page. Cause it was obvious at the end of the season last year. They did not get along.
2: There there were some issues there with that relationship, but I think the biggest thing that had a really large effect on the quality of our offense wasn't so much the offensive coordinator. It was missed throws, dropped balls, and most importantly, a makeshift offensive line. I'd like to see what an, a Jason Moss offense looks like with an entire training camp with, the, with a the starting offensive line with the guys that he wants not the guys you have to go out and get because you know you lost two O linemen to start the year. I I still have faith. I know I'm the the eternal optimist, and you know that that's never going to change. But I I have faith that we'll uh, we'll turn that offense around under him this year. But it was a no no brainer to get our entire group back together for an, an extra year when you've already got your your head coach and GM signed for next year get them all together, get them all under the same deal. And you, you go with it.
0: And yeah, I'm, sure.
2: will, go ahead. I'm
1: willing to give uh, Jason Moss a pass for last year. Like Steve said, the tr- lack of training camp, I want to see what he can do with this offense with that full training camp, having guys around the whole year and not having restrictions. Cause I have a feeling this year, there's going to be a lot less restrictions in the CFL. And we saw in 2021, um, especially here in Saskatchewan where it sounds like there's going to be absolutely no restrictions. Let your
0: freak flag fly people. Here we go.
1: Pretty much. Um, But continuity. And that's one thing that we need to see from, you got to get Cody Fajardo comfortable and having that same offense again. You don't want to give him another offensive coordinator right away because he's already had two in his two starting years as a quarterback, two years as a starting quarterback, giving him another one. That it just doesn't make any sense. So you got to give him a little bit of time to grow in that offense himself. Plus to actually see what works, what doesn't, how can we change this? Have the timing come in with the, with the training camp, figure some things out. Is it play calling? Is it the players? They'll have some time to figure that out. So I'm willing to give Jason Moss the benefit of the doubt on 2021 and look forward to seeing what he does in 2022 and Jason Shivers, I mean, absolute no-brainer. No, No That's, I mean, he was uh, kind of the the disciple of Chris Jones here as uh, the defensive backs coach and now the defensive coordinator. He's going to be a very good head coach one day. I just, I see a lot in him and that defense plays for him. This guy is arguably one of the best coordinators in the league and the Riders are very fortunate to have him.
0: Well, plus, let's face it. Great Cup at Home season. Everyone's got 2013 burned into their brain. You do not want your coordinators going into this season as a lame duck season. You want them to basically go put everything they've got into this season. And so you don't want them thinking, well, what's going to happen halfway through? So, And, and Shivers is... Like I said, he's not long for this league. I'm sorry. He's going to be in the NFL probably before he's even a head coach in the CFL
1: for his sake. I hope so. That would be uh, quite good for him. Um, one more thing here in the opening kickoff um, potential good news here for Brett Lother. So I was talking to his agent, Rob Fry and uh, Rob Fry also um, is the agent for Micah Johnson. The riders are having discussions with uh, about both those players That's good. With Brett Lothair. everyone was wondering if he's going to get the NFL shot. It sounds like there's nothing for him in the NFL right now. So he is focused on staying in the CFL. So good news there. Whether it's going to be here in Saskatchewan, who knows. But O'Day has been in talks with him. And we all know Brett Lothar, best damn kick in the CFL. Great cop year. You got to go all in on him if he costs a little bit extra more than you wanted to originally budget for, for a kicker, well, too damn bad. Go over the cap, pay the fine. Who cares? Brett Lothar needs to be the kicker in Saskatchewan in 2022, especially when John Ryan may or may not come back. We don't know about that. They could probably save a little bit of money on a punter and, and go with, you know, the global players or something like that. Right. So use that savings on John Ryan, give that directly to Brett
2: Make sure. He is in green and white in 2022. To to quote one of my favorite movies, pay him, pay that man his money. No, you gotta he, do it. You
0: gotta do it with an accent. I don't have accents. Pay the, the men. Paid the men his money. Come
2: here. That is a terrible. It is a terrible, terrible one. Accent. It was
0: a terrible. Mine was closer,
2: and I didn't even do an accent. Get out of here. But like, Alex is absolutely right. Just hand him a checkbook and say, "What's it going to take?" Don't go overboard, but you need him as your kicker. Going into a gray cup year, sign the guys you know can can survive under pressure in Saskatchewan. Cause this is going to be a year like no other for, for well, a lot of players.
1: What's Renee Paradise making in Calgary? He just re upped for, for this year. Ten K more.
2: There I mean, he's is. a better
1: kicker. It's as simple it's as simple as that to me. You gotta just straight up bang. He's he's gotta be the guy.
2: Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the they'll get something done.
0: Honestly, the only way he doesn't sign here is if he signs in BC because BC needs to pay for a kicker because they could not find one last year. So, well, they had one, Sergio Castillo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. they had Thanks. they had his rights and they traded to frigging Winnipeg idiots. Thanks a lot, BC. Uh, speaking of
1: BC, let's get to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. That was the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Fession of Royal Page Regina Realty. Michael Riley retiring, little bit of a shock, not too big of one, but still kind of sucks to see such a good guy in the CFL call it quits. So BC's going to go with Nathan Rourke and maybe an or uh, Trevor Harris or a uh, or a Jeremiah Mazzoli combo, whatever they're going to do. But Michael Riley. Retiring from the CFL.
2: I mean, is there a more likable player in the CFL today than Michael Riley?
0: Is there a better player? No. Yeah, Michael Riley, great ambassador for the league, great player, tough player. Oh my god, that poor guy in BC behind that line. Bad old lines in BC. My god. Oh, I I think at that point he's like, "How much are you going to spend on the O line?" All right, see, uh, I'm done. See you guys, because oh, that poor man. He was he was a glorified speed bump for a while there, but when you you call him a tough guy
2: for his for his act on the field. Lord knows he's he's just as tough off the field. the The work he did for mental health and in, in uh, following the 2019 season was, to me overshines a lot of what he did in a very great CFL season. And that's, that's more personal for me. You, again, he's just, he's just that guy that everybody rooted for. You didn't want to see him beat your team, but you just weren't mad about it. it reminded me a lot of playing against Anthony Calvillo.
0: You were never really mad when he beat you. And I don't know why. Actually, that's one thing I found about the CFL. Like you, you think about the great quarterbacks that come through, not many piss you off. Like your Michael Riley's, your uh, Kelvios, your Ricky Rays, yeah, Bo Levi Mitchell control a little bit, but that's about it. Like even Caleros, you're like, okay, you know, you, you got us. You know, congratulations, keep playing. But I don't know, it's it's weird. Like there's not that much hatred towards the opposing quarterbacks anymore.
1: The one thing about Michael Riley, as good as a quarterback as he was, and Greg, you said the ambassador for the league. He was, he got it. He understood it. He realized that he was in that role of being a star quarterback. I'll never forget being in the, uh, at the gray cup in Ottawa in 2017, we were at the tweet up him and his wife showed up, Michael Riley and his wife showed up. And I remember Amy was going to, uh, grab a picture with Michael Riley and, and his wife was standing next to me. And I looked at her and I said, do you ever get tired of this? like just fans flocking over and and spending an extra half hour signing autographs, taking pictures of all that. And she goes, there are times when we're like, yeah, we got to go for supper. Like Mike, we have to go right now. But she said that he gets it. He gets his role. He knows that this is like, both of us know that this is only going to be a 10 year, 13 year thing, whatever it's going to end up being. It's not going to be, you know, it's not really going to hold us back, staying an extra half hour to talk to fans. Plus, like you said, nobody hated the guy. Everybody likes the guy, and that's one of the reasons why. And the league's losing out big time with that type of a guy no longer being around, and we were thrown out on the last episode about who should be on a Manning cast, CFL style. Well, he's not on a team anymore. If you can find somebody to pair him with, do it right now, CFL and TSN. Get it done because Michael Riley has that dry wit – he's so hilarious and the guy knows football so he can give you the in-depth in-depth stuff but he can give you a lot of fun especially if you do like the the dry wit like I do
0: well and barker's no longer on the TSN panel cuz he's with the Argos again so you got an opening there's a good guy right there well one of his his former
1: team the Edmonton franchise the Elks <laughs> oh man Do we have how much time do we have? Because this this was one of my favorite things that happened in a long, long time.
0: I at least thirty seven years. I I came into it late. I was going to tell you I came in this late, and I'm like, there's no way that's real. Like I thought, literally, someone was like just posting like just garbage images, just to troll people. I did not realize it was real until I found the Elks actual post. Yeah, the Edmonton Elks posted
1: the release earlier this week. Chris Jones strikes again. I (laughs) I can't, you guys. (laughs) This is, like, even for Chris Jones, this is ridiculous. We know about him trying to bring in or bringing in Vince Young and us going, what the hell was that about? And some of the other guys that he tried to bring in here. First off, he was trying to bring Deron Carter in. He's talking to Deron Carter about coming in as a defensive back which, hey, what the hell? He had success in Saskatchewan doing that, so sure. How many times did they
0: play the Stamps this year?
1: (laughs) A Labor Day pick six against Bo Levi Mitchell. That's what I want to see from Deron Carter. But signing four former riders, three receivers, a Darius (laughs) Bowman. I can't even get through the first name. A Darius Bowman. Who's been retired Manny Manny
0: Arsenault and caleb holly what and I don't I, I don't I i don't hate the caleb all i know you made funny i don't hate the caleb holly the guy was actually a good player and he's way younger than the rest of these guys what's scary <laughs> is he's not way younger
2: he's only three years younger than manny arsenault is he really, I always three years yeah. i
0: thought he was a lot younger manny
2: arson was only 34 wow which i like i went i went googling as soon as they announced these signings I like what there's no way they're signing these guys Manny Arsenault is the only one that has been playing football out of all of the guys they signed since 2019. He played last year in the IFL Yep. for the Frisco oh. something or others. Frisco fighters. Yeah. Yeah the, yep. yeah.
0: the fright fighters. Yep. That's right. Like, and he, he was
2: close to or led that team in receiving with a whopping 360 yards. Like if, the, if we're going for the 2015 gray cup, these guys are an absolute lock to win it. They've, they've locked it down and we haven't even hit free agency. You got an up and coming receiver in Caleb Holly. You've got three great receivers in their prime, but what?
1: Manny Arsenault said that he was honestly, he was, if he wasn't going to get an offer this year, he was going to retire. And this phone call from Chris Jones came out of the blue. And of course, if I mean, if you're Manny Arsenault, of course you sign that contract. If there's, even if there's no guarantees you still sign it but even if there is a a $5000 signing bonus on there you take it
0: i can I, I can't believe Bo, uh, bowman came out of retirement that's what that, that what shocks me the most like, like are they actually going to make the roster like there's no
1: way cuz you have greg ellingson and and Darrell walker there assuming that they're there both there after free agency and whatnot then a Darius Bowman, Manny Arsenal, Caleb Hawley. like what? No, there's no way all those guys are going to stick around. Like I, I can't see a situation where, like maybe a Darius Bowman makes the roster just because of the, you know how much Edmonton as a city loved the guy and how much he loved being there. Like maybe that has something to do with it, and then but I can't see Manny Arsenault or Caleb Hawley making the roster. Like it, it makes no sense whatsoever. And this is why I love Chris Jones. Cause he gives us gifts like this.
2: And what shocks me the most is Darius. You, you picked out of all of the names, you picked a Darius Bowman as the most likely to stick around. Dude is going to be 37 in July. Hasn't played professional football since 2018 when he had a whopping 450 ish yards in almost an entire season. Like, I can understand if his last year he absolutely lit it up and then walked away like a Calvin Johnson. But this isn't a guy who walked away in his prime. He had already started to fall off, and now he's four years removed from playing professional football. The best part about Chris Jones is he just throws shit at a wall and hopes something sticks. (laughs) And this is where he's at
0: already, and we haven't even hit free agency yet. Well, and the, plus they, they just re-signed Mike Jones as well. They've got Shai Ross on the on the. Uh, I guess he if he can't catch anything, wants to do in a backflip. But I, I digress. Tavon Smith, Jalen Oliver, Denny VanderVoot, like they've got some decent young receivers, and you yep. are bringing Bowman out of mothballs. My my favorite part of this
1: was the timing of this. This happened on Wednesday. The day after they announced Victor Kui as their new president and CEO, Victor Kui from Edmonton grew up there, built a name for himself, started the most successful MMA um, venture overseas, made it a billion dollar company. Like this guy is trying to return the whole city, the whole franchise to what it used to be. And, you know, the, the, City of Champions and and just a good franchise and making it local again, super community oriented. And then Chris Jones does this the very next day and basically gives a middle finger to everything that Edmonton should be doing. So could be worst could would... have
0: been Greg Hardy. I,
1: There's I still time. About that. I, said, I said how long until tries to sign Greg Hardy, and I'm like half serious about that, but I would not be shocked whatsoever if he did that.
2: You know, we we said it in the last segment. The CFL is better when Michael Riley is involved. You can't tell me the CFL isn't more exciting when Chris Jones is involved. <laughs> like, you he's you been there for less than a month,
0: and
2: you're right. It's, it's you know, not to not to call him a clown or anything, but this this is a circus, and it's going to be fun to
0: watch. Well, like and, I said, he he went from Pittsburgh High School to Edmonton Elk <laughs> Seniors Home, like what is going on here
2: now watch both Bowman and uh um Arsenal absolutely light it up for like 800 yards each and a bunch of touchdowns and us sit here at the end of the season going goddamn Chris Jones (laughs) we haven't even talked about the best signing of that and and I'm serious about this the
1: the best signing that he probably had Greg's frozen again
0: oh Uh, no no, you're just
1: not you're just not moving okay He's in hibernation, yeah, pretty much. And the best signing, and I, I actually mean this, the best signing out of that release from Edmonton was Matt Elam. Of course, he was with the Riders for, for a little bit, only played in one game. Not a really good game, but looked great in practice, played in the XFL in 2020 before they shut down due to the pandemic. Uh, to me, honestly, that, one's, that one makes sense to me. But the rest of them, I just... I can't do it, man. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I'm not cheering for Edmonton because I'd be like, "What the hell is going on here?" But that's a that's a Chris Jones team right there.
0: That's okay. Apparently, uh, belensky has got several of my tweets ready to fire back in my face.
2: Hey, if both those guys, if anybody from that press release, absolutely lights it up, and you want to throw my comments back in my face, by all means, it doesn't make it any less ridiculous. Oh, no. Just because it works doesn't make it ridiculous or less ridiculous, but please uh, more Chris Jones. Let's let's go other news around the CFL. Hamilton has released
1: Brandon banks, the 2019 most outstanding player. He will not be back to go for a, another Grey cup loss for Hamilton this year.
0: Where do you see him ending up? Ottawa. I, the I don't, one. I don't see him coming out West unless he goes all the way out to Vancouver. Um, but Ottawa is probably the only team that's got the space to pay the money he's probably going to want because they got nobody. They literally got nobody. and then you, you know,
2: it's, it's funny. We joke about the ages of the guys in the last group, but Brandon Banks is also 34 years old. Same, same age as Manny Arsenault, just with, you know, actual football over the last half decade. But I, I can't see him... I, I could see him ending up in Edmonton just because they they need a veteran guy who will actually survive cutdown day. But other than that, Ottawa makes the most sense. They lost Deadman. They need they need somebody with some with a, a, an impact player. But where where else? I hope he signs in Toronto and and has as storied of a career in Toronto as Peter Dyakowski did after leaving <laughs> Hamilton. I'd love to see him
1: in Toronto just to see all the Hamilton fans get mad. I like chaos. I'm here for it. And uh, I just can't see him going to Ottawa. Like, that's such – they're such a mess. Their best player just went to the NFL. You mentioned Devontae Dedman getting signed by the Miami Dolphins. and But that leaves them with nothing. Like, that's such a bad team. But their GM now is the former assistant GM. And uh, director of player personnel from the Cats, it's Sean Burke. So maybe that connection will bring him into Ottawa and they can find a couple more guys from Ottawa to, or sorry, from Hamilton to sign in Ottawa and make them at least
2: a less
0: crappy team. Mazzolian Banks to Ottawa, book it. I'm telling you right now,
2: taking a that real would... stab at that one, aren't you?
0: Yep.
1: well moving the needle here a little bit um speaking of the Ottawa Red Blacks did you guys see the trailer for uh for their behind the scenes show that's uh coming out this is really cool I love this and we spent a little bit of time crapping on the CFL for their marketing and whatnot and this is something that absolutely needs to get done it should be on TSN the fact that it's not on TSN is kind of a joke and that it's only going to be on social media or the, the Red Black's website. But it's a behind-the-scenes, think of it like almost like a Hard Knocks kind of thing, but it's going to be kind of a little documentary following them around. The first episode comes out this weekend, and they're going to drop uh, one on the last Saturday of every month, I believe it is, or every four weeks, whatever whatever the schedule was. But this one shows a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, and they're going to show you some of the interview with Sean Burke when they interviewed him to be the general manager, like that's, you don't see that kind of stuff. So I'm curious as to, you know, what he said that blew them away or the types of questions that you ask a potential general manager, like that's some really cool stuff. And the CFL needs to make that a a thing, not just have the teams do it. That should be a league thing that we see on TSN, put it on CTV so that everybody gets it. And you don't have to subscribe to cable, make it a bell product and market the league that way.
0: Put the gray cup on CTV. You cowards. There you go. I said it.
2: (laughs) I can tell you some of the questions they ask during those GM interviews. Will you sign a bunch of over the hill? Well past their prime football players. If yes, you're fired.
0: Do you have Jeremiah Mazzoli on speed dial and Brandon Bakes on speed dial? Oh, you do. Okay.
2: he brought them to the interview like yeah. guys
0: this is my buddy Jeremiah and this is Brandon so where, where do I sign
2: i I'm, I'm honestly excited for whatever it is they're bringing out cuz it looks it's exactly what the league needs more exposure more behind the scenes stuff cuz nobody gives a damn about the the people in the CFL the what happens behind the scenes nobody has gotten that glimpse outside of a a couple of uh you know, the occasional YouTube clips from some solid social media groups, like Winnipeg, for instance, who, who does a bang-up job over on their social media, especially blocking Greg. Um, but they, like, you need more of that. The no, Blocking media
0: or more, more, more media? Uh,
2: well, that too, yeah. I mean, everything's better if you block Greg. <laughs> that is probably true. <laughs> Don't give them the satisfaction, you mute them. Yeah. But we need this. We need all of the Excitement you can build, especially in the off season.
0: The the league needs exposure, and this is a great way to do it. Fans want to know what's going on behind the scenes because, Lord knows, fans just make up ideas of what's going on anyway. So let's let's actually show that what's going on. And and hard knocks That's like half he, our show. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, hard hard knocks is a good sell for the um, for the NFL. So why not do something similar? Like no one's asking for original ideas. People are just asking to be entertained and this is one way to do it. So kudos for the red blocks for doing this on their own.
1: I'm looking forward to seeing that. So we'll see how that looks this week when that comes out. Uh, Greg, we were going to do a show last week and then uh, just things. Uh, <laughs> it was things a good thing felt. we didn't
0: actually. Yeah. I've, I've calmed down a bit.
1: Things, things fell through and we couldn't do the show. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier, this is episode 184, the return of Jafardo. Why Jafardo? What? Well, I typed in our Twitter DM group that we have between the three of us. I was typing out Cody Fajardo's name. I forgot what the topic was about him, what we were talking about, but I ended up typing Gifardo. and I was like, that's kind of funny. Greg, of course, being the
0: who I don't know who did it. It just looked amazing. I don't know why. Well, wherever
1: you found it, there was a picture of uh, Cody Fajardo with the Jafar hat from Aladdin on on, instead of the helmet, which was fantastic. And from now on, I will only refer to Cody Fajardo as Cody Jafar, Cody Jafardo. So I apologize in advance if you don't like that. His name to me now is Cody Jeffardo.
0: Prince Cody, mighty as he, Cody of Saskatchewan.
2: <laughs> Singing's at the end, Greg. Oh, sorry,
0: end. I'm early. I'm, I'm coming in early.
2: I wish people could see the other utter disdain on my face when you started that song. Just, just stop. <laughs> but, Greg, let's get to... We haven't oh, done a rant man. in a while. You... Uh,
1: you were seeing some stuff on social media, oh and we're God. not going to throw out names because that's that's not nice. We we'll don't. We don't,
0: we don't have to. Everyone does it. It mm-hmm. not well. That's it's true. Right. Everyone does it. Okay, people. This, this is this is I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I love Rider Nation, but sometimes I hate Rider fans. <sighs> Jeremy O'Day is very aware of what his job is. His job is to sign players and make the best and and coaches and make the best team to win the Saskatchewan Rough Riders a great cup. You do not need to add the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and tell them to sign people. They are very well aware what they need to do. And it just got ridiculous. Yes. We are not going to sign all of our favorite players. Would I love to see Lucious Purfoy on this team? Of course I would. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Lu- Lucius Purefoy going on Twitter saying they're not giving him what he deserves. We don't know what he wants. Don't get me wrong, every player wants to make as much money as they can as fast as they can. That might not be the Riders budget. And we have to learn to accept that. But being mad because certain players aren't signed is sorry, it's crazy. I would love to see Duke too. I would love to see Duke. I would love to see all these guys back on the team. But we're not Because some guys want to test the market and some guys just don't fit the budget. So we might find, we'll have to find some new guys, but just because you have a Twitter account and know what the rough riders handle is, does not make you a GM. I am sorry. I love that. The
1: general assumption was that Jeremy O'Day is literally doing nothing. What are you doing? O'Day sign these guys. What do you think he's trying to do? That's literally his job is to, to work on that.
2: He he's sitting on the beach right now with uh, with a mai tai and uh, you know bag of chips and just just laying back. He's like, oh, I'll wait till March. We'll we'll let free agency go wait, by." Wait,
1: wait. And no, no, no. That's what Gene Mikowski does. He's the one that works for the government. Ooh. That's what the government's doing right now. Ah, ah. my bad. My bad. Not Gene yes. specifically.
0: Yeah,
1: but I mean, Gene might be. Who who knows? Who
0: know. know. <laughs> <laughs> But
1: hey. I'm assuming that all all government officials do hey.
0: that. My, my buddy Jo here.
1: <laughs>
0: As I got my it's OD bobblehead.
1: Bobblehead, by the way.
0: Um, no, but like I get it, I really do. But I I've talked like through my designs with players, I've talked to them behind the scenes. I know players that have negotiated with the writers that are free agents this offseason. Believe me, they're putting in time. I've heard stories of where I'm going, what the hell is JO thinking? But that's what it is. So, JO obviously has his budget, he knows he's going into a great cup year. Would if I was JO, would I be overpaying right now to win the great cup? Yeah, I would, but that's JO is going to do what JO does, and we won't know how what that is until the end of the year. But once again, freaking out on Twitter constantly is not the way to go about it. It just got it just frustrated me so much just watching people just. Freak right out. Don't get me wrong. I hate the fact that Winnipeg is signing all these guys. Like the fact that they can keep their core together and still go to free agency and still apparently have money somehow I don't get, but once again, salary cap doesn't count till the end of the year. So they can go in $500,000 over budget. And no one's going to care until the end of the year. So we, we, we just, we, we got to stop freaking out about this. Let the GM do his job. And I, I do have to ask these people, what,
2: that Jeremy O'Day has done in his tenure as general manager suggests that we should not trust him at this point. He put a damn good roster together last year in the midst of a pandemic, despite losing several key players to COVID restrictions, injury, and what have you, you know, late in the year he went out and got a guy like Duke Williams uh, to, to put us over the top when, when we needed it. Everything he's done up till now suggests we should just sit back and let the guy do his job. But even if he was doing a poor job, yelling at the guy managing the social media account, isn't going to do diddly squat. You know what it's going to do? It's going to make them laugh at the ridiculousness of you tagging a social media guy, asking for the writers to sign people. Your next bet is to call up the ticket office In fact, you might have better luck calling the ticket office and say, I'm going to cancel my tickets if you don't sign so-and-so. At least there's a money value behind it. It's not going to do anything, but at least you could feel a little bit better about it. This is why social media is
1: poison, and I only post about pierogies from now on.
0: (laughs) And it's not, okay. Everyone needs to remember, Chris Jones tried to sign Khalif Mitchell. We get, like, everyone freaked out about it, But we still didn't like. We still gave him a pass. We still let him be GM after that. Like Edmonton's got the crazy GM now. Let Joe do his job. Like my God.
2: Yeah, but Edmonton's signing people, and Saskatchewan isn't. I mean, they're not necessarily good people, but they're signing people.
0: I'm hoping they sign Khalif Mitchell just because I just brought his name up. It was was like Beetlejuice—you say his name three times, he's going to sign in Edmonton.
2: Uh, I gotta, I gotta look and see how old Khalif Mitchell is. I think he might be. Uh, over the 37-year-old cutoff, so he should be good. Oh, he's 36.
0: Yeah, he's available.
2: He's still got he's, a few more years. He's slightly <laughs> older than than Adarius Bowman, yeah. so he is definitely on the table. Well, there's still
1: the the negotiation window for uh, for teams to talk to potential free agents opens up on Sunday here. So um, what that is is it's it's a full week. It goes until um, the following Sunday where you can talk to any potential free agent, make them offers. And we've, they have this in every other league now where it's not just, Oh, it's free agency starts at 1201. And all of a sudden Odell Willis is signed already. Alex,
0: please call this by its official term. It's the Ed Hervey window.
1: (laughs) Yes, because there's absolutely no tampering in the CFL and uh, we will not have any of it ever in our league. Sarcasm. Every team does it. We all know. So to have this official negotiation window only made sense when they brought this in a couple of years ago or last year, whatever it was. But anyway, we're going to see some stuff happen over the next week, which is great. And then the last two days before free agency, only your current team can talk to you as a free agent. So one last push for let's say everybody's talking to Brett Lothar. Brett Lothar will still have the final two days before free agency starts to talk exclusively only to the riders. They can try and match or beat or whatever they want to do. So this next week with what's going to happen, we're going to see some signings. We're going to see some guys basically go on social media and say, Hey, I'm not returning. And we're going to see fans freak out about it. And they're going to get mad at the, the GM, even though it may or may not be the GM's fault. Well, like who knows it's, it's, different in every situation but it's just you guys calm down this is the cfl it's entertainment yes we love our teams yes we love our league but it's and it happens every year it's like clockwork and it's guys just calm down you'll find more players that you'll love and things will be fine so it'll be interesting to see this next week just watching people freak out over who and who does not sign with their current clubs
2: free agency is absolutely the best time in football It's that time where every team that isn't ottawa has hope and it's the only time that ottawa has hope no they know better by now do <laughs> they though no so far their starting quarterback is duck hodges i don't know that hope is a, is a big word over there They're so screwed, man. They're such a bad team. Oh, man.
1: Well, we'll see what happens over this next week. And then uh, free agency starts on February the 8th. So we'll be uh, looking forward to seeing exactly what happens there. Where's Brian Burnham going to go? And is he going to get paid more than Lucky Whitehead over in BC? Because Lucky Whitehead's now the highest paid receiver in the league at over $200,000. So there's some big-name free agents out there especially a receiver and the market is going out. to be
0: a writer i'm telling you right now
1: i don't see, really you think so
0: i think so i would love I think, to
2: see him. i think i think duke, absolutely
0: if they, they go say, after
2: a, a big number one if if oh, they strike can, out on
0: duke if they strike out on duke i think they're going to make a play on burnham
1: and duke honestly i think is going to edmonton so obviously you make a you make a play for for burnham absolutely i don't think he leaves especially now that they have this extra money with Michael Riley retiring they got a little bit extra that they can throw towards Brian Burnham and help bring along and Nathan Rourke. you keep his number one guy you keep a number two guy like Lucky Whitehead
0: but they and, but BC's got a lot of holes they need to fill Burnham I don't think they really need Burnham but but imagine
2: being a fan of a team where, where you have the salary cap room because your starting quarterback is making 85,000 dollars and again, not because he's Duck Hodges, but because he's actually good and just on a rookie deal. Like, BC is set up for success if they can fill those holes and not go crazy with a, you know, a Trevor Harris $500,000 deal. You know, get a decent backup in that two hundred range and they've got 400000 more to work with than any other team. Suddenly, Burnham's not off the table. Although, if I'm them, I'm I'm going after any O lineman on the table first. Well, it should be a
1: good uh, good week of CFL stuff coming out, and we'll uh, of course be following that here on the Piffles Podcast, gentlemen. Anything else before we leave for the week?
2: I think we've made fun of Ottawa enough. Have we for this week? Okay, episode. We'll, we'll, we'll find. else. There's something still Twitter. Yeah, we'll find something else for next week. <laughs>
1: Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Greg, now is your singing time, Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert.
0: You were not a GM. So be quiet, please.